Red Business with IBEC, building a sustainable competitive future in Cork business. Hi there, and thanks for joining us. Coming up on this episode, we're going to hear from a Cork chef who has dedicated her career to helping people who suffer from something called dysphagia. We're also going to hear from a company that is developing yogurt-based dips that are already in stores, but they were only conceived a couple of months ago. But first up on this episode, if you've bought an antigen test in the last few months, and let's face it, most of us have, did you know a key part of those tests that you're picking up may have been made right here in Cork. The Merck facility in Carrick Tool has actually had to increase its levels of production of these elements because of rising global demand. Martin McAuliffe is the Managing Director and the Head of Cork Operations at Merck in Carrick Tool. Martin, you're very welcome to Red Business. How are you? I'm very well, Jonathan. Nice to talk to you. It's nice to talk to you as well. I didn't realise this. What, what do you make in Carrick Tool that, that forms part of these tests? Um, well, Jonathan, um, we in, in Carrick Tool, we are a centre of excellence for the manufacture of membranes uh, within within Merck worldwide. And one of those membranes is called a lateral flow membrane. And that is the membrane, in fact, that's used as a key component in the rapid diagnostic antigen test kits. OK, so in other words, people were familiar, they call them lateral flow tests in the UK, but that's obviously where they get it from. So a p- part of what is in that little white capsule that, that everybody will be so familiar with, uh, you make part of that. Absolutely. I'm sure your listeners are, are, are familiar with using these over the last number of weeks, given the COVID situation. So absolutely, when you look at that white capsule, um, and when you, um, as you take the antigen test, obviously you do the swab, you put it into the solution, and then you put the few drops of the solution into the eye of that that white capsule. And you notice after a few minutes that the white strip in the middle in the window starts to darken as the solution moves up before the line appears. And that movement of solution, uh, that darkening is the... Is the um, is, is the, the sample basically flowing through our membrane. So that white strip in the wim- window is what we make. Okay. Now, antigen tests uh, are, are obviously in fashion at the moment, but I'm presuming that there were other types of antigen tests that existed long before this, and that's what you would have been more used to making before a global pandemic meant that they become very popular. Absolutely, Jonathan. Yes, we, we, uh, we would have been making... Um, uh, test kits and they're actually referred to as diagnostic test, test kits um, for for a lot of years here in Cork and um, these would have been used for infectious disease testing and tropical diseases things like dengue fever malaria Ebola HIV those type of things and um, we would have seen a general growth in that in in that demand over the years but nothing like the pandemic so obviously you know with the COVID nineteen application the demand has just gone through the roof here and uh, and so we're investing uh, heavily in Cork and in, uh, in expansion in this area. How long have Merck been operating in Cork? Because the, the company has a, a good history. We've, we've had a lot of pharmaceutical businesses. Merck has been there quite some time. The, yes, Jonathan, we've been here um, uh, over 30 years. We ce- celebrated our 30th anniversary in, in 2018. So, so we're in our 34th year here in Carrick Tool. We're originally known as Millipore and then acquired by Merck about uh, 12 years ago. Right, and it's and a long th- history. yeah, in that time, you've had a strong track record of of supporting local employment as well, because a lot of the people who work there are from the local area. 
Correct, yes. Um, a lot of our um, employees would be from the general East Cork area here. Um, and, um, you know, the, the story of Mark and Carrie Tool over the 34 years is really one of significant growth. So, you know, um, we, we've, um, I suppose, expanded the facility tenfold since we started. And uh, currently we're employing over 750 people directly in the operation here. And obviously, uh, you know, contracting companies and people who provide us with, with services and goods would uh, would also um, have people employed uh, directly as a result of their interaction with ourselves. So when when everybody else had to retreat and work from home, I'm guessing that your crew had to keep going because as the demand for these antigen tests increased globally, as scientists worked out they could be used effectively in the fight against COVID, you, you had to just ramp up production because you were part of that key global supply chain. That, that's correct, Jonathan, yes. Um, while we do have a significant proportion of people working from home in administrative areas and support functions, um, the main manufacturing capability would have been maintained right through COVID because we would have been deemed an essential uh, activity. So um, so ju- not just for the lateral flow, but we also uh, make other products that go into um, uh, pharmaceutical companies um, that aid in the production of vaccines and, uh, and other medicines. So we would have been deemed essential. So yes, we've been operating r- right through, but obviously with very um, tight restrictions and and um, you know controls in terms of COVID. Yeah, well, you had to make sure everybody on site was safe. Uh, that that was a priority for that, anyone that, who was that, working that, through. That, that. Absolutely, that's priority one yeah. for us. Uh, what I find fascinating out of all of this, Martin, is that there has never been as much science conducted in Irish homes. Uh, you know, the odd scientific experiment may have been sent home from secondary school where people watched with interest what the outcome was when you put the Mentos into the Coke Diet Coke bottle. But uh, we, we've all become experts at using antigen tests. And and the great thing about this technology is, yeah, we're looking at it for COVID now, but you've, you've talked about all the other applications. There could be further applications down the road for antigen tests, which means that your facility could become very, very important. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, if, I, if we look at the demand currently in COVID, I mean, we, we've invested here um, in, 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 the, in the last couple of years about 36 million in expansion just for the lateral flow testing alone. So we brought a new facility online here um, and uh, we expected that to ramp slowly originally. But now with the level of demand for antigen tests, um, we're actually operating the new capacity on a 24-7 basis already. So it's, it's around the clock, yes. And and the, the, the work that's there, I think the machine is called a K2 machine, which if I'm not mistaken is is one of the tallest mountains in the world. So it's quite ambitious, this particular machine. How how capable is that of keeping going at that pace? Is, is it the type of technology that, that will be able to go full tilt for as long as the demand is there? Uh, uh, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 a new machine, so it uses the best available technology. Um, it it uh, is in operation in conjunction with the original K machine, as you mentioned. So so we doubled the the output capacity effectively. Um, but this line is as long as a football pitch, so um, it takes uh, it takes up a, a considerable amount of space. But uh, but absolutely, it's it's quite capable yeah. of, uh, of of operating around the clock. You, you need a big haul just to keep the machine going. It's, um, it's, <laughs> indeed. Where next for Merck? Because uh, again, it, it Milliport people would be familiar with Merck is the brand now, global company. How how secure is Cork in that big supply chain, and how valuable um, is the work being carried out by you and your colleagues? Um, the, the the Cork facility is 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 very significant in 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 the in the, in the Merck network and and becoming more so. In fact, um, you know you know Merck is a, is a, is a large international company. It's it's two hundred and fifty years old, so it's been around a long time. 
um, and uh, you know contributes to um, to 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 uh, to a lot of the pharma um, uh, companies as well. So we're involved. Marcus Corporation is involved in 50 different vaccine candidates at the moment, 35 different testing solutions, and also supplying products from for monoclonal antibodies and and, and um, antivirals for treating COVID. So. It's a big piece, but, um, you know, as I mentioned, the Cork site has been a history of growth over the last 34 years, and that's set to continue. So we're currently, we have other areas of manufacture in on the, on the site here in, in membrane and chromatography media and analytical laboratory and medical devices. We're seeing growth in all of those areas. So we're currently working on further expansion plans and future investments. Uh, so watch this space. I think we'll be uh, making some further announcements in, in the coming year. Well, we look forward to hearing them when they come through. It's a real case of right place, right time, right people. Martin McAuliffe, uh, thanks to everybody at Merck for the work that they've carried out. Almost, but unbeknownst to the population on the far side of the gate in helping produce those antigen tests. Martin McAuliffe, Managing Director and Head of Operations at Merck and Carrick Tool. Thanks for joining us on Red Business. Thank you, Jonathan. Red Business with IBEC, building a sustainable, competitive future for Cork business. Our next guests have been dipping their toe into food production of late. Well, not quite dipping their toe, but you know what I mean. Uh, they laid the groundwork, though, for their hospitality careers for many years, right up until the point the pandemic hit. You might have spotted a good mood food yogurt based dip in shops around Cork already. Not bad since the company was only established last May, if I'm not mistaken. Celeste. Pianazola. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. How are you? I'm very good. And you did say it right. Congratulations. Uh, somebody had written it out phonetically, so that did help me. Um, Celeste, it's lovely to talk to you. You really only got up and running a couple of months ago. Yeah, so when the pandemic hit, we were sitting at home twiddling our thumbs and decided, uh, a bit naively, I'll add, uh, to venture into something different. And I'd always been in hospitality. My husband's not. He has a background in IT. And the two of us kind of put our heads together and came up with this idea. Originally, it was to do condiments with foraged items that pair with cheeses. Right. Okay. Well, there was a lot of obstacles with that and not to mention a lot of competition. So as we got smarter, we learned about doing a gap analysis and looking at what was in the shops, where there might be more space, and eventually rotated into what I'm very familiar with from the States as well as in Australia. We have a lot of yogurt-based dips. They're just something where it's naturally creamy and a lot healthier than, say, a garlic mayo. And it can pack wallops of flavor and just be exciting. So we kind of rotated into that. And the idea was only hatching in maybe October of the year before. We were lucky enough to reach out to the Food Academy. And despite the fact we had never made the product and we weren't exactly sure what we were doing, they were delighted by our enthusiasm and passion and brought us on okay, board. Well, well that, that does help you get down the road. You, we, we aren't fond uh, of yogurt-based dips. I don't mean that because we don't like them. It's just it's, it's not something you'd see in the traditional Irish supermarket fridge. So we, we really are, are behind the international curve, despite the fact we probably produce a lot of really good yogurt. We were actually laughing. We were in Switzerland and we saw a yogurt-based dip in a market in Switzerland this year using Irish yogurt. 
Okay, so others are using our yogurt to do this, except the Irish themselves. That that's. I just of, thought that was really funny after the fact. Yeah, kind of about right. So, what flavors? I mean, you talk about packing flavors in. I love the idea of a packed flavor. What What are we talking about here, Celeste? Well, we're taking the inspiration of what's growing in the farms locally next to us and pairing that kind of with my world expertise of cooking in different countries. And so one of our nearest by farms grows beetroot. And so we have a very popular flavor, which is our spiced beetroot. I've taken blends of spices that we worked with in Morocco from cardamom and cumin and coriander mixed with a bit of peppermint. And that's what is the base of our spiced beetroot. So if you think of a beetroot hummus or a beetroot dip, it's not a great direction, you know, not a far ways away, but the flavor and the color is so vibrant it's just exciting. Yeah. Or we're about to release our roasted garlic flavor, which again could be used anywhere you'd use a garlic mayo. Well, you were just about to take the garlic mayo out of my hand. I'd like my garlic mayo, Celeste. Don't take my garlic mayo away from me. You don't have to give up your garlic mayo, but you have other options that you could explore if you're a big fan of garlic mayo. You might find it resonates with you. Okay, so this whole process, you, you, you hit the ground running eventually. Is it done out of your kitchen? How, where are you producing the product? <laughs> no, we uh, live in a very tiny home. So our kitchen was definitely not a consideration. When we first even thought about doing this, we had to see what was on the table. And we are so fortunate that Cork County Council has worked with a bunch of other enterprise offices to create the Cork Incubator Kitchen in Carrigaline. So it allows food producers like us who do not need a full-time space to hire it by the hour when we need that space. Okay, so in other words, you you go in and do your bit, then someone comes in after you and someone comes in after you, and I presume all you have to do is just clean up in the middle. That's it, and pay them. And pay them. Well, that, that does help <laughs> and, too. Uh, they have a bakery unit, which is often used, and then they have the catering unit that we use. So it's a really nice option for people who want to explore either just mass producing food okay. or getting into food production. I don't know how many other pianozolas there are in Cork. I'm not sure if you're unique or not, but your your accent does tell me you come from the States originally, do you? My mother is uh, Swiss-Italian, and I have her last name. And it is, I've not met another in Cork. I haven't met anyone with the same last name except in Italy. So it okay. it's well, not common. So therefore, <laughs> that, that brings a unique element to it. Where did you meet your husband, Dave, who's, who's your co-conspirator in the Good Mood Food? I met him in the downtown streets of Cork City on my fifth day in the country. <laughs> uh, he happened to be outside of a bub. I didn't know he didn't drink at the time, but I said to him, where would you drink if you were me? And he said, the Crane Lane. And so I, he took my number, I popped in there and I really liked it. And he messaged me the next day and said, would you like to go to the Crane Lane? I said, I went there, it was lovely. And he just kind of responded, oh, I was hoping I could take you. <laughs> and I said, I have no plans, let's go back. So he took me out to dinner at Orzo and to the Crane Lane and yeah, you see, it, what, it worked from what, there. what would have made the story way better for me would have been uh, if he texted you the following day and said, would you like to set up an artisan yogurt-based dip um, business with me? And I would have said, yeah, it was written in the stars then that you were going to do this. Uh, no, where, where... I, think, I think that was so far from his mind at that point. He never thought he'd be a food producer that day. He might not have asked me on a date if he knew what I'd be wrangling him into. Celeste, where does this go next? I mean, you talked about the Food Academy, so you're already in supermarkets. 
We're in supermarkets. We're looking to expand and grow. So our first year, we really learned all the mistakes we were making and all the ways we were naive and wrong, which I think is common for many entrepreneurs, is that there's a lot of curveballs you have to overcome in that first year. And so now I think we're poised for growth. We've found all of our inefficiencies and other things and ironed those out. And we're hoping to expand beyond Cork City into a bit of West Cork, up into maybe Tipperary and Limerick, and hopefully towards Dublin by the end of the year, bringing our products to more shops and being in more places. Okay, well, I look forward to tasting the the, the garlic mayonnaise one in particular because you've, you've sold that well to me given I have There's a There's no mayonnaise. It. It's garlic yogurt, my oh, dear. You see, well, you see, again, straight away, it's an educational experience uh, hanging around with you. Exactly. Uh, Celeste, it's fabulous. It's called A Good Mood Food. People can find it where, it, it, I presume it's Food Academy, so it's in Super Values, yeah? We're in Super Values and then we also work with Farmsy, which is... Uh, a collective that drops off farm fresh produce to your door. Okay, so a good mood food is what you're looking for. Celeste Pianazola, thank you so much for joining us on Red Business. Thank you so much and you have a great day, Jonathan. Red Business with IBEC, building a sustainable, competitive future for Cork business. Our next guest is a chef from Cork who has dedicated her career to helping people who suffer from a condition known as dysphagia. But 5% of the Irish population have the problem. That's only the ones we know about, in fact. Dysphagia can affect anyone at any age for a whole range of reasons. Neve Condon, you're very welcome to Red Business. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks a million for having me. We're going to talk about what you do in just a minute, but you might explain what is dysphagia. How do people know if they have it? Dysphagia, okay, it's a, it's a medical term for people with swallowing difficulties, to put simply. Um, and it, dysphagia can range from people that need pureed food to people that need food modified. When I say modified, then it means just maybe they might need minced food or they might need food that is soft in texture, but also specific sizes. So it it ranges. It's not just pureed food. Yeah. And of course, it, um, I presume then people will have developed conditions throughout the course of their life. Uh, maybe if they're a little bit older, this becomes more of a acute problem, I'm guessing, does it? Yes, it's more pre- prevalent in people in, I suppose, aged care, you'd find it very common. Um, but it is quite common in a range of ages. So you can get adolescents, you can get children. It just depends on any ailment that they might, that they might have you might have babies suffering from some form of dysphagia as well. So they, in essence, most babies, when they're born, their their milk formula is a certain uh, consistency for safe swallow. And the, the teeth in the bottle as well is a certain size to allow and to control the flow that goes down yeah. into, the baby's, into the baby's tummy. So it's the same principle. It just means that um, food is modified safely for people that do have a swallowing issue and yeah. that they can swallow it. Now, I would imagine that uh, traditionally this would have taken the joy out of eating. Um, that flavour would have been the first thing to suffer as a result of this. You were getting pureed, whatever it was, uh, and and you were just lucky to have it. And is that the genesis of diningwithdignity.ie? Yes, that is. Uh, I mean, when I started in 2014 in a nursing home, I was given a very, I suppose, a brief encounter as to what it was. You you need to cook food for 50 people 
by the way, about 25 of those have dysphagia. Now, I freaked at the time because I did I couldn't pronounce it, let alone tell you what it was. So I had to learn very fast how to cook for people with swallowing difficulties. And I, at the time, was blending all the food together in a mixing bowl and looking at it going, oh, my God, I can't serve this. And that's how it started. I, I kind of went backwards from there then. OK, we'll try and blend things separately. And then from there, then I went a bit further and I started using piping bags to make the food kind of a small bit more realistic. And every step I took, there was more food being eaten. Yeah. And so, so every what, time... What does the food look Yeah, what does the food look like now? Because again, the, if you smush stuff together, it ends up one colour and, and bland looking. So how can, you, how can you make it appetising? How can you make it look like, actually, do you know what? I actually want to get to that plate. Well, you think you have to think colour because you have a white plate and you have mashed potatoes. And if somebody's eating mashed potatoes, chicken and cauliflower on a white plate, that's not going to appeal to anybody. So you have to think for the senses as well. So, yes, you have mashed potatoes. It's kind of the stable diet in, in the Irish culture. Carrots, their vibrancy. It's just it's all in the cooking technique as well. So you cook them till they're soft, but not overcooked because you don't want all the nutrients gone. Um, to keep their vibrancy in the orange, you blend them while they're hot. For, let's say, something like broccoli, I would introduce peas or spinach to keep that vibrancy again and keep the colour green. And it's basically introducing colour. So, yes, you can put the likes of beetroot on a plate with some butternut squash. Yeah. Um, and you can add spinach and avocado to something else. And it, it's all about the play on colour as well as flavour. When you were in the nursing home, you were producing it fresh every day. Uh, now with the business, is a lot of this prepared in advance, frozen up, sent out? How do you distribute it? I actually don't prepare the food for anybody. I teach the chefs how to do it. So I'm I'm employed by, it could be the HSE in various different sites or private nursing homes. So what they do is they ring me and say, we need practical dysphagia training and how to cook it safely. Because there is now an international standard that's set globally for people. It's called the IDDSI scale. And that has come into effect since 2019 in Ireland. With that, there's different levels. So now we have a structure, whereas in the past we had nothing we were guessing. I'm, I'm guessing that, that chefs are mad for this, purely because the last thing they want to go out of the kitchen is something that they wouldn't eat themselves. Uh, but there is a requirement and a necessity here. So what's the reaction like when you speak to other chefs about, I, I know you might feel like this isn't in your toolkit, but look, do it this way or try that. Yeah, initially when I started speaking to the chefs, they said, you're off your head, we don't have time for this. And I've shown them how they can actually fit it into their day and save time. And that that's a winner. When you talk to any chef, the only boss in any kitchen is the clock. You're up against the clock all the time. And especially in aged care or in any healthcare environment. So the thing, if you can teach them how they can save time and produce good quality meals, you have them. You have them hooked. And now they want to see how they can prepare it and present it better. Mm. And, 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 because and, at the end of the day, your your client, that's what a chef does. They want to please the diner yeah. at the end of the day. And what's the reaction like when you were a chef and you started doing this and you saw uh, people on the far side who uh, could have anything wrong with them, but at the same time, they liked their grub in the same way everyone else does. Did you see an obvious change in the reaction of the people when the plate was put in front of them? 
Yes. Yeah. Um, you could see that they recognized it for a start because originally they were just getting bowls of, it was like a baby bowl for all Mush. the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, and it looked brown, it looked grey, just there was nothing appealing with it. Yes, it smelled nice, but it, it could have been anything. Even the care assistants didn't know what it was. They weren't even asking anymore because it could be lamb, it could be beef, it could be anything. And it, they just didn't ask. Whereas now they can physically see it and they ask now, they say, oh God, that looks lovely. What is that? Well, it's chicken and a mushroom sauce. You know, you can actually tell them now what it is. Yeah, and and that, uh, for dignity, literally, that means everything. Uh, the website, if people are looking for more information, diningwithdignity.ie, is it just chefs you work with or, or, or would you work with people who uh, are looking to do uh, this kind of food in their own home as well? Who, who's open to apply? Oh, God, absolutely anybody. What I'm hoping to do um, in February is to set up an online support where we'd meet maybe once a month for an hour. So basically you, you'd come online, you'd have the support and ask questions. I can't get my potatoes to have no lumps. How do I do that? And then you'll have a chat, but it's more of a group. And then I'll have guests like dietitians and speech and language therapists on so that they can get answers to certain questions that they're struggling with at home. Whereas in the past, they're sent home from hospital with a swallowing difficulty and that's it. They're just discharged yeah. and go figure it out. I love hearing from businesses whose origins are in the best place. And yours is one of those. Dining with Dignity is the website. Chef Neve Condon, thanks so much for joining us on Red Business. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Kira McDonough was the producer this week. Don't forget our new video series, Red Business in Focus, is available on redfm.ie. We'll talk to you again next week. Get the Red Business Podcast every week with Jonathan Healy at redfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts. Red Business with IBEC, building a sustainable, competitive future for Cork business.